Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likute Halachas, Yoradeya, Chilik Sheni, Hilchas Mila, Halacha Hei, Parav Chaf Beis. We dedicate the learning today, Li'ilu Nishmas, Avram God ben Nasan Yaakov, and Chayefinkel Bas David. This is my uncle and aunt, my father's older brother, who were Holocaust survivors, lived very, very difficult lives. My aunt came from a very wealthy family in, in Poland at the time, so wealthy that whenever any great rabbis came to their city, and they did come to visit the city of Bulgari in Poland, where today's Belzarebi's father was the rub of the city, they would always stay in her parents' house. They had servants, a very wealthy house, and in the Holocaust, all of them were murdered, except for her, except for my aunt. And she ended up, <coughs> she came back to her house after the Holocaust. She had lost all her hair. She was a, a teenage girl, maybe 18, 19 at the time. And she was wearing a very thin dress, she said, and it was freezing winter. And she knocked on the door of her house, knowing that the Polish neighbors had moved in and taken over. And she asked if they would just, if she could please have just a coat, just to keep herself a little warm. The house was filled, the closets were filled with clothing. And they told her, get away from here, otherwise we'll murder you. And I've heard that there were many stories like that of people who survived the Holocaust. They went through the horrors of the concentration camps and survived it, then came home and got killed, and got killed, Rahman So when, after that, came to America, got married to my uncle, my father's brother, and lived a difficult life in many different ways. They had two children, two sons, about five years apart. And at one point, my uncle decided to move to Eretz Yisrael. He came to Eretz Yisrael for a visit, and he sent his wife a letter. This is going back 60 years ago, 60, 70. Sent his wife a letter. I'm staying here. If you want, you can come and join me. That was how he told her they're making Aliyah. <coughs> she came to Eretz Yisrael. They moved to Yerushalayim. <coughs> to the neighborhood Itri, <clears throat> near Matisdorf, which in those days was just a big construction site. Everything, all those buildings were just starting to be built. It looked like a, a junkyard. Not knowing that today it would be one of the major tourist centers of the world, you know, those neighborhoods. But uh, they came. Their older son decided he wanted to stay in America. He was in his 20s at the time. And they came with one son, one child, their son, their younger son. One day they get a phone call that their older son was found dead in his bed. He passed away. And it was a terrible tragedy after going through the whole Holocaust, <clears throat> having two children and now one child is dead, Rahman al-Sun, in another country and everything, all the, all the pain and difficulty that that in, incurred. And then a little over a year later, approximately a year later, the younger son, who was learning in a yeshiva in Tel Aviv, one of the best yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael, I think was called Hayishuv, very, very good reputation, and he was an A student. <clears throat> and one day he complained that his head is hurting him. Terrible, terrible. 
He ended up going back to Yerushalayim, going to the hospital, Sharei Tzedek Hospital, and was there for 30 days. They found spinal meningitis, Daleket Hashedra. And his mother didn't leave his bedside. And they said, we're going to call the police. You have to go home. You, you can't stay here. She said, you can call the army. I, I won't leave here, no matter what. And after th- approximately 30 days, he passed away also. Imagine what this means. And I never, ever heard a negative word, neither from my uncle nor from my aunt. You know, silence about, uh, like, like by Aaron when Aaron Akoyim's both children, two, two out of four children passed away, the Torah says he was silent. He wouldn't say a word against Hashem or a word about <clears throat> how difficult it is. And, and they, they lived in Eretz Yisrael. They, they set up a gamach. The whole neighborhood there, a neighborhood of mostly kolel people who needed loans all the time. People knew that this was, this, this was the address to come to. They weren't very rich, but they had some money and they used it to do... And they bought two little apartments on the ground floor and made a shul in memory of these two boys. And it's called the Maimon Shul in Yerushalayim, in this neighborhood tree, which till today is functioning day and night, Torah, Tefillah. It's not a breast of shul, but wall-to-wall Torah and Tefillah. And, and my aunt wouldn't allow anybody to clean the floor. She had to clean the floors herself. Friday, come there, wash the floors and everything. They didn't allow selling any alias, no, no donations. They paid for every penny, the electricity, the what, anything going on in the shul. They wanted everything until the last, until after my uncle passed away and my aunt was almost not able to function. At that point, people were able to, to contribute a little bit. There's a lot more to say. There was an article written recently in one of the magazines about my aunt, about what she went through. But uh, we dedicate the learning today, Lilu Nishmosan, they're buried, Baruch Hashem, on Har Menuchas. I hope to be there, Mitz Hashem, and Hashem should help that they should be Melit Seitoi for all of Klal Yisrael. I remember one time after my uncle had passed away, and, and I, I, my aunt didn't speak that much. She was careful about every word that came out of her mouth. She wasn't like women, the Gemara says, women have nine-tenths of speech. So most women have a lot to say. She, she spoke very little. She spoke a little and did a lot. So I remember once thinking, I want to speak to her about his spiritus, about talking to Hashem, that besides Shachris, Minchamar, besides Tehillim, you can speak to Hashem in your own words. So I remember I was once with her, and in a very gentle way, I, I mentioned it. She looked at me like incredulously. She said, who, who do you think I talk to? I only talk to Hashem. I talk to Hashem. Well, who else can I talk Who else could understand me? Who else could? The only one I talk to is Hashem. I talk to Hashem all day, always, always. You know? And also, Lili Nishmas, my mother, Yentefradl Bas Rabbi Shuarye, Harini Kaporas Mishkova, and for a complete refuel Shalema for all those that need it, including Shimon Aliezer Ben Rochel, Chaviva Chana Basgalia, Daniel Yehoshua Ben Yentefrida Blima, Necha Rochel Bas Hindaleya, Froma Bas Genessa, Yehudis Nechama Bas Miriam, Yehudis Elizabeth, 
יהודס, יהודס רוחומו בחברוס דובי בן דהיה, שנדל בסלייה, חיים יצחוק בן חנה רבקה, שלימה בן רבקה שפרינסה, חיים צבי בן דבוללאיה, יוסף בן מזל, יוסף בן שמחה, דובי בן דהיה, שנדל בסלייה, דובי דלי בן שינה, אידס בס מרים בריידל, מיכל סורה בס הדסה, ניסן בן רבקה, חיים אריה בן ברוכו, חיים בן רחל, סורמאיה בת סיפרה לרבקה, יעקב ישוע בן בריין ורחל, אברהם דוד בן חנה, סורי גיטל בת חנה ריבה, מרים אסתר בת סורי גיטל, שלמה ניסן בן מזל, בצער יחיאל מיכל בן תחייה חווה, בצורך שער חיילי ישראל. פיטננדל בת סיפרה, לבלייה בת סיפרה, בצורך שער חיילי ישראל. We're in the middle of, this, of a discussion about Eoiv. Rav Nelson Zal was speaking about Eoiv. Paragraph? Chof Beis. V'zeh shekosu b'doniel. Rav Nelson Zal says, we find a Pasuk in Doniel where the Pasuk says, V'heisoyis even chado v'sumas alpum gubo d'iloisishnei tzvu b'doniel. ופירש רש"י שם, רש"י says on that פסוק, אם נגזר על היום שיקורה לבני ישראל, if Hashem decreed that the sea should split for the Jewish people, ועל האש and that fire should not be able to destroy Avram Avinu, ועל הארויוס מהזיק לדוניאל, and Hashem also decreed that the lions shouldn't touch Doniel, shouldn't harm Doniel in any way when he was thrown into a pit of lions, but Hashem did not make a condition about a human being throwing a rock. And weapons, weapons that people carry, that it shouldn't hurt another person. In other words, the chayos and the fire, that Hashem controls completely. But when it comes to human beings, Hashem gives bechira. Hashem lets people do. The Torah is showing us that it's more difficult for a person to be saved from being harmed by another human being than by a wild animal. Because of what we explained earlier, that human beings have Bechira. Because the enemies of Doniel, Nebuchadnezzar and the other ones, what they, they, their hate for him was because of his Yiddish guy. They wanted to turn him away from Hashem, to prevent him from davening to Hashem, as it says there in the Novi Doniel. And therefore, if the enemies themselves would have tried to harm him by throwing rocks at him or shooting arrows at him, it would have been much more difficult for Daniel to be saved than from being in a pit with lions. Now we understand what the Pasuk says there, that it says, that all of this is 
So that Daniel's Ratzon, the will of Daniel, his will to believe in Hashem and to serve Hashem, shouldn't be changed. They shouldn't cause him to deviate, to turn away from the Emes. And then they would be able to control him, to rule over him. The people who are looking at me and, and making me suffer, they want to see me rebel against you, so that you'll leave me, Hashem, take a look in Rashi over there. So Rav Nosenzal is telling us such an incredible, important thing here to know, that there's a lot of dangers. This world is a dangerous place. It's a mokam sakana. There's all kinds of sakanas. A rock can fall from a building or from a mountain, or something can fall from a tree, or there's all kinds of wild animals, and there's viruses, and there's diseases and everything. And the most dangerous thing is a human being. And sometimes it could be a friend, somebody who you think is a friend. A friend, there are so many stories of people who got hurt, who got destroyed by a friend, supposedly. A friend who introduced them to, po- to drugs, to poison, all kinds of different kinds of poison. And Eoiv also, who we spoke about in the previous year a little, and now Rav Nosenzal is going to finish the discussion, where we said that in the beginning he was tested and tested and tested, and he passed every one of the tests. He didn't say a word against Hashem. And then afterwards Hashem allowed the Satan to attack his body. He had boils, shechin all over his body and everything. And in the beginning he didn't even say anything there, but then in the end he couldn't hold himself back. When Eoi fell and he started speaking against Hashem, it was because of a person. Who was the person in that case? His wife. She was the one who pushed him, who convinced him to say something against Hashem. As it says there in the Ksuvim. At first, he didn't listen to her. He responded to her, You're speaking like one of the Nevelas. You're speaking like a, like a Russia. We'll accept, the, we'll, we'll accept even the good from Hashem. If we realize that everything that's going on and everything that happens to us is from Hashem, we are required to accept everything with goodwill. Things that we perceive as good and things that look bad to us. Because in reality, there's no such thing as Hashem doing something bad to us. Because even when we're suffering, even when going through very difficult things, usually it's for our eternal good. But unfortunately afterwards, because the suffering that Eve went through was so big, 
the terrible things that were going on affected him to the point where Eoiv succumbed. He gave in to her words. He, he accepted what his wife was saying. And then he spoke against Hashem. Rabbi Nelson is making it perfectly clear here. It's not lack of money. It's not other issues. The, the strongest obstacle, the most difficult obstacle that can block a person from coming close to Hashem or that can turn a person away from Hashem is people. And it's for this reason that it's so difficult to be saved from not being affected the wrong way by people unless the person is really, really solid in their, in their mind. That I will not allow anybody to say anything that's going to turn me away from what I really believe to be true. Then the person will definitely be able to overcome all of these obstacles, all of these tests. Question in the chat. But doesn't Hashem have many ways to control even human Bechira? For example, He can give an opponent enough problems of their own that they would forget about their plans and nobody would say that this was a miracle. The answer is definitely. And I remember hearing from my Rebbe, Reb Michal Dorfman, that one time there was a person in the shul who was a tremendous troublemaker, very, and he was loud and powerful and strong and causing many problems for a long period of time until my Rebbe realized that something, something has to be done. And he said he was mispalel to Hashem. He didn't tell Hashem to beat him up, to hurt him, put him in the hospital. He said, Hashem, give him something, something else. Give him something else so that he shouldn't be able to do harm to our shul. This person ended up moving to England, and it was the strangest things in the world, strange thing in the world. This person was a regular Yerushalmi, grew up in Yerushalayim, Yiddish-speaking, 100% member of Mea Sharon. And some kind of circumstance came up, moved to England, end of the problem. So Hashem can do that. But, but Hashem gives more animals, rocks, buildings, trees, don't have any Bechira. Human beings do. And Hashem wants it. Hashem wants people to have Bechira. He wants to give us the freedom to make the wrong choices or the right choices. And the Pesach says, Dovra Mel says unto him in, in Kapitel Tezai, in chapter 16, Ato Toimich Goiroli. Goirol means choices, when I have to make a choice. And Dovra Melch knew that when we're faced with choices, we can make mistakes, we can choose the wrong thing. So he said to Hashem, Hashem, you put my hand, Rashi over there, this elaborates on it. Hashem, when I have to choose, when I have to pick, you put my hand on the right choice. Help me make the right choices. Guide me, direct me. And in Sichai Saran, in Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom, one of the most famous paragraphs, the second paragraph in Sichai Saran, Rabbi Nizal says every single day, 
I make a declaration to Hashem. I say to Hashem, Hashem, I have so many choices to make and so many decisions to make. And how in the world so many, so many things that I have no way of really knowing what the right thing is, what I should be doing today, what I shouldn't. Therefore, I'm giving myself over completely into your hands. I'm giving over all of my thoughts and all of my words and all of my actions and every move I'm going to make. I'm giving it over into your hands, Hashem. Guide me, direct me, show me what to think, what not to think, what to say, what not to say, what to do, what not to do, where to go, where I shouldn't go. Begging Hashem that please, I need you to guide me, to direct me, the way a person directs a horse. Person knows that the horse, there's no way in the world the horse is going to know which way to go unless I lead him in that way. I have to lead him, I have to make sure when he goes off the path, I have to pull him back. And when he's going the right way, I have to encourage him, I have to help him. We, we in, in standing before Hashem, we're like a horse, like a dumb horse, and pleading with Hashem, you guide me. I can't choose for myself. I can't trust that I'm going to know what choices to make. No matter how learned I am, because we're in an Olam HaSheker, and the Sahara is very strong, and he makes the wrong choice look great, and he makes the right choice sometimes look terrible. And a person makes that wrong choice and they find out afterwards, oy, 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 it looked so sweet and so good and it was poison, it was, it was bitter. And a person makes the right choice and it starts off looking terrible and the person realizes afterwards, wow, I'm so lucky I chose this, this is so much better. Paragraph Chav Gimel. Yisrael, Atem Kravim Hayoyim when the Jews would go out to war, the Kohen Gadol would speak to them, or Moshe Rabbeinu during his time spoke to them and said, listen carefully, you're going out now to do battle against your enemies. Hainu, as we said earlier, as Rashi says there, since you are zeicher to say these words, Shema Yisrael, every day, Shema Yisrael, Shema Yisrael, Hainu emuna sayichud, we declare that we believe that Hashem is one, the most special one in existence. Shehi bechinas habitul hanal. When we say Shema Yisrael, we close our eyes tightly and we cover our eyes and we're trying to, to make that bitul, to nullify ourselves to Hashem. Shuv al yerach levavchem, al tirov al tartsu. Then you don't, if a person does that properly, they don't have to be afraid at all. It's definitely true that we human beings have free choice. And a person who is strong in their conviction, that they're, st- they're focused, they're looking for the future, their real future, they want to get to Olam Haba. And they're always thinking about their real tachlis. And they want to remember, and they want to remember that the most important one in the world is Hashem. Hashem is number one. That person doesn't have to be afraid of any enemies at all. <coughs> because all of them will fall in front of him.
מאחר שהוא חוזק בדייטוי להסתכל על התכלס אמיתי. Because he is so committed and so solid and so confident to, to look only at the real tachlis. That's, that's the only thing I'm really interested in. Even though these enemies, these opponents, are standing opposite him to try to push him away, to try to convince him to turn away from Hashem. As Dovid Amelo said, when Goliath, thousands of people were afraid of Goliath. Shaul Amelech, the whole Jewish army, was terrorized by Goliath. Every morning and night he would get up and he would scream curses at Hashem and curses at the Jews and a roar. He, was, he yelled like a lion. He was so gigantic and tall. Everybody was terrified from him. And when Dovid Amelech saw him, he said, <coughs> You're coming to fight with me with your sword and spear. I'm coming to challenge you in the name of Hashem, the leader of the armies of the Yidden, whom you insulted. This is exactly what we're saying here. David HaMelech was like, a, like an ant, a little ant next to Goliath. But he looked at him like a piece of nothing. And as the Zohar Kodesh says, in Parshas Ekev, this week's Parsha, it says over there in the Novi that David started walking towards Goliath and he picked up five little stones and he put them in a, a little bag, a little pouch that he had, and he tied it and he used this as a slingshot. And he threw this at Goliath. And so the Zohar Kodesh says, what are these five stones? These are the five words, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Eloikeinu, Hashem. Those five words, V'kololam echad, And he put them together in this one little bag, this pouch, that's the Echad. Ayin Shem, take a look in the Zohar Kodesh. That's what Dovid HaMelech went to do battle with Goliath with. With this Shema Yisrael, Hashem, you are nothing. Hashem is everything. Einoid Muvadoi. Hainu Kanal. Shekoshalatzmoi Bemuna Sayichud. Dovaramelech attached himself to the Emuna in the oneness of Hashem. Vinichlal Bardusa Yisborope Bechinas Bito. Dovaramelech was Mevatel himself completely to Hashem. It's not me against Goliath, it's Hashem against Goliath. It's Goliath against Hashem. And that's how he succeeded in defeating Goliath. Goliath's whole kavona, his whole intention in his battle against Klal Yisrael was to turn us away from Emuna in Hashem. How do we know? It says there in the Novi, in the morning and the night. It says for 40 days straight, Goliath would come in the morning and in the evening and scream curses against Hashem. Why? The Gemara says, He did it in the morning and the evening in order to challenge the Kriyashma that we say in the morning and the evening. And that's why it was so difficult for Klal Yisrael to be saved from Goliath. 
Because when you're dealing with a human opponent, it's very difficult to, to, to win. The Torah tells us that Shaul HaMelech and all of his giborim, he had giborim, these weren't mice, these were strong people, they were afraid of Goliath. But Dover HaMelech was so confident in his mind, his faith in Hashem was so strong, and his faith in Klal Yisrael, and his faith in the Torah, that if Goliath comes with all of his strength and with all of his weapons, I'm not afraid of him at all. I'm going to be 100% strong in being mevatel myself to Hashem. And therefore, Dovinel wasn't afraid. He said, Let me go fight. He wants, he wants to see if, if anybody wants to challenge him. I'm ready. I'm ready to go against him. In the name of Hashem. Until Dovinel succeeded in defeating Goliath and, and making him fall be, below, beneath Dovinel. Question. Oh, a question in the chat. Listen carefully to the question and listen carefully to the answer. How can we ask Hashem to take away our freedom of choice, our Bechira, like what it says in Sikh Saran, when He Himself wants us to have Bechira? The answer is, and again, Rabbi Nelson Zal speaks about this, that's the Bechira. The choice is whether you choose to think that you're such a big shot, that you can handle, you can fight the Eight Sahara by yourself, or whether you're going to choose to ask for help. Whether you're going to choose to say, Hashem, I know I can't do this by myself, because the Gemara says, Bechol yoim vayoim yitzroi shelodom isgaber olov. The Gemara says in Kiddushin, I believe it's page 29, that every single day the Sahara comes back stronger. And every single day the Sahara comes back new, brand new, to challenge us, to fight us. And the Gemara says, And if it were not for Hashem helping you, you cannot win. So the Gemara makes it perfectly clear that the, the Bechira here is not me against my Sahara. If it's me against my Sahara, no chance. The Bechira is to choose, whether you choose to be smart enough to say, I need help. I'm not asking Hashem to do it for me, period. I, I, I'm asking Hashem to help me, to help me be Matzliach in my battle. Just like we say in davening every morning in Uvalitzim, who yiftach libenu b'sayrasoi? May Hashem open my our hearts to His Torah. Ve'yosem belibenu ahavasoi v'yirasoi. And may Hashem place into our hearts, infuse our hearts with love for Him and respect for Him. What do you mean? What is it? What is it? It's like a a powder that Hashem puts into your heart. Yes, yes. 
It's like a powder. It's something that Hashem can give a person or not give. So somebody can can put put love into my heart. The answer is yes, most definitely. Hashem could put thoughts in my mind. He could put he puts words in my mouth, and he could put feelings into my heart. The right feelings or the wrong feelings. This is extremely important. There's, there's a Marsha in the Gemara. I remember also where the Marsha speaks about this. And he asks this question about Bechira. And the Marsha brings proof from many places in the davening where we say these kind of things. Where we say, we're asking Hashem to give us the... What do you mean? What about Bechira? Where's the Bechira? That's the, that's the most important part of the Bechira. To ask Hashem for help. Then when the test comes, <clears throat> a person has to try their best, of course. But, but the, the most important part of the Bechira is whether a person is going to choose to be smart enough to realize that one-on-one, -on -one, me against the Malach, there's no chance. This Malach who has 5,700 years of experience, and he has a lot of victims, there's a lot of cemeteries full of the people that this Malach destroyed. So, so I, I choose to ask Hashem for help, to plead with Hashem for help. Dovra Melech says, Esso einai elehorem me'ayin yovoy ezri, ezri me'im Hashem oisei shamayim voretz. V'zeh she'isa bezoyar, and this is why it says in the Zoyar Kodesh, avul kivon diismaser beyoda desoynoi, that when a person is doing battle against wild animals and other things, they have a good chance of success. But when a person is given over into the hands of their enemies, human enemies, there are very few people who can succeed, who can be saved. So we see the Zohar Kodesh explains very clearly that there are people, there are people who are strong enough even to defeat their human enemies. It's just that there aren't that many. There are few. Because most definitely somebody like Dovid Amelech, who was so strong, not that he had such big muscles, he was so strong in his emuna, his emun in Hashem, his emun in the Torah, his emun in himself. <coughs> that such a person definitely can win and can be saved even from an enemy who has bechira. Because he's so strong in his in his mind. And so too, a person would say, but you're comparing me to Dovin HaMelech? You want me to be Dovin HaMelech? Rabbi Nassau says, no, no. Not just Dovin HaMelech, but anyone who attaches themselves and relies on a tzaddik, who is a Balkoyach, who is very strong, such a person isn't afraid of enemy in the world. Because just as David then he didn't just save himself, he saved the whole Klal Yisrael. The Torah is not a history book. If this were just to tell us that 3,000 years ago there was a David Amelech, he was a hero, he saved Klal Yisrael, but today, who do we have today? Today we don't have anybody. 
then it would, that story wouldn't be in the Torah. The story is for today to let us know, v'cheinu b'chol dor v'dor, she'hatzadik o'emes, the true tzadik, she'hu balkoyach godol, who is very, very powerful, very strong, yochoy l'hatzil es kol hanil v'meilov be'emes, has the ability to save all of those who are really attached to him, mikol soineim v'roitfehem, from all of their enemies and all of their persecutions, all of them. Because Hashem does not send obstacles and opposition to a person that the person cannot succeed, can't, can't win. Come upon him, as we mentioned many times. And so too we see it in Yirmiya Novi. It's Kishomati Dibas Rabim. He says, I, I hear a lot, a lot of people what they're saying. Koil Enoish Shloimi. All of these people who were my they were my friends at one time. Shoimre Tsali. Ula Yefute. Maybe he'll get convinced. Maybe he'll go off the derech. Maybe he'll change his mind and he'll he'll be seduced to go against Hashem. Venuchlaloi. And we'll be able to defeat him. And we'll take our revenge from him. So we see clearly that the main, the main prayer, the main cry of Yirmiya Novi was that I know what my enemies, I know what they want. They want me to, be, to turn away from Hashem and then they know that they'll be able to defeat me. question in the chat. With our emuna, can we avoid those who want to harm us even holding our parnasa? The answer is definitely. There's a pasuk, ish emunois rav brachos. A, a master of emuna, a multitude of blessings. <clears throat> the more emuna a person has in Hashem, the more their parnasa comes from Hashem, and Hashem will show them that no person controls their parnasa. I mentioned the story that one of my Rebbe's Talmidim, one of Rav Rosenfeld's students, <coughs> gave miser. When a person gives stucker from their earnings, they give miser, they show that it's not my money. This, I have a partner. My partner is Hashem. And the partnership is 10% and 90%. Hashem says, I love you, even though I'm everything and you're nothing. You keep 90, but give me my 10%. So one of the ways that a person shows emun in Hashem is by giving tzedakah. So most people give miser after they get the money. I can't give miser before I get the money. But this person was working for the city of New York at the time, and he wasn't married, he was single, so he was living in his parents' house. He didn't have expenses, so he decided he knew that the money was needed for tzedakah, so he gave miser in advance. He knew how much he gets paid every, every week. He gets paid $500, whatever it is. So he told Rav Rosenfeld, I'm giving Meiser for the next six months. I'm ahead. Meiser, Stucker owes me. I don't owe Stucker. A beautiful thing. What happened was the city of New York at the time had big problems, and they started laying off their workers. They started firing hundreds, hundreds of workers. And in his group where he was working, he was part of a team of maybe 15 people, 
14 people got fired, his boss got fired, and he didn't, he stayed. And when Rav Rosenfeld heard about this, he said, of course, his, his miser protected it. They couldn't take away his job, he, he already paid his miser. That's an example. Now, now we have these magic words when Rav Nosanzal says, Let me explain this even clearer. Let me make it clearer for you. Rav Nosanzal now is going to be quoting from chapter Torah Reish Nun in Likut Maran, where Rav Nosanzal says, any suffering that a person experiences in this world is only because the person's das is not a hundred percent. If a person's das were a hundred percent and the person knows that Hashem is running the world and everything is from Hashem and everything is really for the good, that person never suffers. You can't hurt that person because you do something to the person, you didn't, Hashem did it and, Hashem, and whatever Hashem does, he's doing for my good. So the term das here means a combination of das and emuna. When a person doesn't know every second that everything going on in the world is under the direct, detailed supervision of Hashem. And the person thinks, no, 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 it happened. It happened. It happened that this person bumped into me and I fell. That the, the person puts things in Teva. As Rabbi Nezal writes in chapter 250 in the Kutimran, Maima Rabbi Senezal, he quotes the Gemara at the end of Brochus. And Rabbi Nezal says there, when a person is 100% positive in their mind that everything is from Hashem, that person cannot suffer. Because he knows that everything's good. When he gets a job, he's happy. When he loses a job, he's happy. When he gets money, he's happy. When he loses money, he's happy. It's, it's the same thing. It's, it's the same Hashem. And Hashem is only good. And through this alone that a person knows that everything is from Hashem, this gives the person the ability to turn off, to eliminate suffering anytime he wants. This is hinted to in Rabbi Nezal's words in Sefer Hamidois. Mashikosa Besefer Ho Aleph Beis, where Avenazal writes there, Vizel Eshoinoi, these are the words. Da, you should know, Kelefi Goidel Yediyas Tivei Ho'ilam, according to how well a person knows and understands how everything in the world operates, Kain Nimsa Venishtabeid Ho'ilam Tachtov. To that degree, the entire world becomes subservient to him. The entire world becomes nichna to him. And that's why the lions were nichna to Daniel. When Daniel was thrown into a pit of hungry lions, they were starved. They didn't give these lions to eat for days because they wanted him to tear him to pieces. 
they saw Daniel, they, they were nichna to him. Ayin Sham Heitev, look over there and say from me, they study it well. And take a look also at what Rabbein writes in the paragraph before this paragraph. Ayin Sham Heitev, study it very carefully. Ki hashnei mamorim, shebishnei oisio isalafbeis, hen kshurim umechuborim zebo zeh. Because those two pieces in Sefer Amidois are very much connected to each other, as anybody who reads it will understand. And now Rav Nusen is going to explain and, and discuss this. Now note the wording in, in Sefer Amidois was, according to how well a person understands the natures of the world. And a person could misinterpret those words, as we'll see soon. Ki be'emes ain teva. We know the truth is, there's no such thing as nature. Ki ha-teva bi'atzma hi hashgocha. Because nature is the, the supervision of Hashem. There's no such thing as an independent thing called teva. The, the word ha-teva, the Arizal says, is bigimatria eloikim. That's Hashem. As Rabbi Nassau speaks about this at the end of chapter 17 in the second part of Likutei Because Hashem is the one who gives life and existence to everything in the world with His Chochmah. The Chochmah of Hashem is the life of everything in this world. As it says in Koheles, Hashem bechachma yosad eretz. Hashem with his chachma established the world. Koinein shomayim betvuna. He established the heavens with tvuna. Bedaitoi tohoimois nivko. And with Hashem's das, the depths of the earth were split. So it's with chachma bina das that Hashem created everything. And that's why Rabbeinu Zal writes over there in Sefer Amidois, Ki ha-teva misnaheges that the teva is controlled by the yediyah of Hashem. Ve-hitachas yad ha-yediyah. The teva is under the control of Chochma Bino and Das, of Hashem. Da-hainu ki ikr chius v'kiyum v'hanhogas ha-teva shokodovor, what gives life and existence to everything in this world, to a river, to a mountain, to a bird, to a cloud. What's the battery inside of that thing? What's giving it life? It's the idea, the idea of Hashem. It's the wisdom of Hashem, whereby Hashem is controlling everything with His Chochmah. It says clearly. A true tzaddik on the level of Doniel, where the Torah says there was no secret that was hidden from him. He knew all four sections of the Torah. Pshat, Remez, Drush, Soid. With his das, his das is nichlal in the das of Hashem. 
He doesn't have any of his own das, his own seichel. His das is purely Hashem's das. Kizehu shleimus hatzadikim hagdoilim b'nei aliyah shehim evat lematzman b'chol eis. This is the, the perfection of the greatest of tzadikim, the b'nei aliyah, that they nullify themselves completely, always to Hashem. To the point where they become part of Hashem's das. There's no Hashem and me. I'm, I don't exist. Moshe Rabbeinu said, I'm nothing. If I'm nothing, then I'm only, I'm, I'm a part of Hashem. I'm just part of Hashem. And this is what gives them the ability to know and understand how everything in this world works. Meaning, they know the battery that's inside of everything. They know the life force, what's giving life, the chius of every single thing in this world. It's that das, that seichel of kedusha, that's controlling and, and giving life to that thing. And based on the degree how well the tzaddik knows this, he knows the chokhmah of Hashem, that's the life force of everything in the world, so everything in this world is nichnat to him, it's below him. Because again, everything in this world is from the seven lower spheroids. From the seven midos, chesed, everything in this world was created in the seven days. If the tzaddik goes above all of that, and he works on his chokhmah binadas, and he's nichlal in the chokhmah binadas of Hashem, so the whole bria is below him, everything is nichna to him. Question? The Chochmah of the Torah. The quick question, which kind of Chochmah teaches us that everything is from Hashem? It's not that you have to know how they're scared. The animals, everything in this world is on this level. And, and people are also on this level. But a person through the study of Torah, the more a person studies Torah, and the more a person believes in Hashem, the more a person has that Chachma Bina Das of Kedusha and Emuna, the person goes up to here. He's up here. And if he's up here, everything else is lower than him, and they know that they're lower than him. The, the, the Zohar Kodesh says that when a, when a lion bites a person, a lion can't bite a person. Impossible. A person is a higher level than a lion. The only way a lion bites a person is if, if the lion sees an animal. doesn't see a person. He's a behemoth. He's not a person. Because the word Adam, Rabbi Nezal brings on the the Zohar Kodesh says, or the Arizal, that the word Adam is three times yud hey. The letters yud hey of Hashem's name, in Hashem's name yud kei vav kei, the vav hey is the seven lower spheroids, the vav is chesed through yesoid, and the hey is malchus. The yud hey is chachma and bina and keser. So the, the Zohar Kodesh says that Adam is three times yud kei. 
Yud-K is, 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 is the moichim three times because there are three moichim. That's, that's Shleimus Ha'odom. Shleimus Ha'odom is Chachma Bin Adas. When you're an Adam, a behema can't start up with a behema. Look, you're so much higher than the behema. You're so much higher than the a rock can't hurt you. The rock is, is a million levels lower than you. And again, every line of the Torah, every word of the Torah is Hashem's Chachma. But again, it depends on how you learn it. Depends on how much you believe in it. And it depends on how much the person is Mekadesh himself. He makes himself a Kali to be able to receive that Chachma Bin Adas properly. You know. And this is why it says there in Doniel, Eloko Shlach Malachi. Hashem sent his angel, and he closed the mouths of the lions. Because every blade of grass in this world, everything in this world has a malach who's appointed over it. Every individual blade of grass has a malach who gives it a command to grow. Otherwise, it wouldn't grow. Not teva, not mother nature, and not mother-in-law nature. And if that's every blade of grass, then of course, an animal, which are a higher level than, than, than grass, Bevadai kol berio beria, every single animal, mikolshkein kol minu min shel behemachayavoyev, and every single beria beria means even an ant, a fly, the smallest little things, and especially if we're talking about bigger things, a horse, a camel, yeshloi malach v'sar hamemunalov, they have a malach, they have a, a, a spiritual force that's appointed, shemishom mekabel chiusoi. And it's from there that this animal receives its chiyus kifitivoy, based on how Hashem created that animal. That one animal is tall, one animal is short, one animal is stronger, one animal is weaker. Nimtza sheteva shokol dovor misnaheg alideh hamalach So therefore, how every single thing in this world behaves is controlled by the angel who's appointed over it. And this is why it says in the Paradise in the Rhyme, Hashem's name Elohim is Hateva. Because the name of Hashem Elohim is sometimes used to refer to a Malach, who is called Elohim in a Pasuk, as we find in chapter 82 in Tilim. The nature of anything in this world is guided and controlled by the angel who's appointed over that thing, to lead the thing in this manner, that the tree, during the winter, the leaves fall off the tree, and during the summer, the new leaves come out and everything, which that thing has. And we know that an angel is nothing physical. In the Sifrei Kabbalah and in the Sifrei Machshava, it refers to Malochim as Sichliim. Angels are forms of Hashem's wisdom and knowledge. 
כידוע, as is known, and as Rabbi Nezal speaks about this in chapter 61 in Likut Imran, and the Malochim receive their Seichel from the Malochim above them, and from the Malochim above them, and then it goes into the next world, into the world of the thro- throne of Hashem, a higher level Seichel, until the highest levels receive from the oneness of Hashem, from the Ein Soif. There, everything is one. There's no different, there's no right and left, there's no chesed and gvur, it's all one. As Rabbi Nezal explains in the paragraph before that, in Sefer Hamidos. And now Rabbi Nezal is going to go on to explain how the tzaddik fits into all of this. Because the tzaddik is higher than the malachim. He's, all of this is being controlled by malachim. Who's their boss? Their boss is the tzaddik. The tzaddik rises to a level where the malachim are nichna to him, as we'll see, musician. Any questions before we close? Wishing everybody a wonderful day. We should be zeichet to emuna and das. Hashem should take away all the suffering, all the Yisurim from Klal Yisrael and give us the Gula Shlema. Amen.